Welcome to the CultureWise Podcast, where God's good news meets the Latter-day Saints with wisdom and grace. Here we aim to discuss topics relating to how followers of Jesus can more effectively reach Latter-day Saints in their relational networks. For more information about this podcast, check out our pilot episode titled, What Is This Podcast About? My name is Daniel Shugart, and I am joined today by Ross Anderson. In today's episode, we want to follow up on what we discussed last time. In our last episode, we were discussing the language of experience that is so important in Latter-day Saint culture. Ross, why is this so important? Well, I, we encourage you to check out the previous episode if you haven't heard it yet already. Well, we're going into a lot more detail about it. But just in brief, then, in the LDS culture, um, the LDS, typically the way of deciding what's true or not is based on a personal spiritual experience. You pray about it, God makes it known to you, and then you are convinced that things like the Book of Mormon is true and the LDS Church is true and all the rest. So experience plays a really important part in how they think about truth. And so we want to take that into account so that we can actually speak the good news in ways that sounds like good news to them. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, and in reality, the Bible itself isn't just a, a list of correct things to think or correct things to believe. And maybe we'll fill that out in, in another episode. But uh, the, the Bible itself is actually charting a story, a grand narrative that weaves truth all throughout it. And we can learn much from it. And often we love to get little nuggets out of the narrative. But the Christian life itself Bible-believing Christians, we, we, we tend to shy away from this experience, and maybe, maybe we shouldn't. Right. I think we do because, let's, for example, the way the LDS people use the experience, we think, oh, we don't want experience to take us somewhere that is out of bounds, right? But if you read the I mean, we've all read the Bible, right? There's plenty of personal experiences in the Bible. The Apostle Paul, we'll talk about him in just a minute, but uh, Elijah, all the, you know, the disciples, there's all of this, these things that are going on that are beyond just purely rational. So it's part of our Christian heritage, um, and we all have our own experience. Now we're going we're, we're gonna to give them a different role than the Mormons do. Our experiences aren't going to trump biblical truth. They're going to be interpreted in light of biblical truth, but they're there, and they're real, and the Bible's full of that. So we shouldn't be afraid of it. In fact, instead, we should understand it properly, and then, and then following the model of Scripture, we should uh, be free to tell our stories and tell our experiences. Um, again, that's not just a thing with respect to Mormonism. That's a biblical thing, and it's also a human thing. So any faith conversation with anybody, this becomes really, really relevant and helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, encounters with Jesus throughout the Bible lead them to go and, and share those encounters and experiences with others. The first one that comes to mind is, is the woman at the well, who her testimony to the people in her village were simply, hey, come check out this guy who's told me everything about my life. And so her encounter and experience with Jesus led her to share her testimony with the people around her. That's a great illustration, because she didn't go back to the village and say, hey, I learned that God is spirit. Or I learned that what the proper role of the uh, of the Jews and the Samaritans is, is with respect to each other. No, she came back and say and talked about her encounter with this person, her experience that became part of her story. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's not it's not a bad thing to have spiritual experiences or or, or even look for an experiential dimension of our faith walk with Jesus. So maybe maybe you've had some spiritual experiences. Uh, hopefully, when you began following Jesus, you you encountered him in such a real way that caused you to say, "Yes, this is uh, who I want to follow. This is what I want to wrap my life around." Is this Jesus? And maybe even today you've had spiritual experiences that lead you into deeper worship of Jesus, greater obedience to Jesus. And and we want to share these experiences with others. But Ross, how do we do that? Are are there some biblical examples that we can pattern ourselves after? There's so there's so many biblical examples, but one of the the best example for us that's most helpful is the example of the Apostle Paul and how he, he tells his story, because, because there's at least three times in the, in the uh, New Testament that we see Paul telling his story, and snippets of it in many places, so it gives us a really good template or a paradigm for how to do that, we can, because we have so much data there. And so there, there's really three parts of his story, and let's, let's talk about each one of those for just a second, and then maybe we could help our audience uh, know um, how to apply that then. But so there's really three parts of his story. The first part, he talks about his life before his encounter with Jesus. And so he's standing before, you know, King Felix or who, whoever, um, Governor Felix, King Agrippa, or whoever it might be in whichever case, and he's talking about how he'd once been a persecutor of the church, how he'd once been, um, you know, uh, a fully devoted follower of strict sect of Judaism and so forth. He's talking about, this is my life, this is what my life was like before my encounter with Jesus. So that's a great place to start. We all can identify um, you know, that for ourselves in our own experience. Mm-hmm. That takes us to the second part of Paul's template, because he made it very clear about what actually happened when he encountered Jesus. T- tell us about that. Yeah, so when when Paul had encountered Jesus, he was on the road to Damascus, actually with an intent to persecute more Christians, and yet Jesus came to him and had this powerful encounter with him. And we can we can uh, understand a little bit about that by reading the encounter itself early in Acts, but also we can learn more from his his sharing of that testimony in some of the things he wrote and some of the things he spoke. But what's most important about that is, is Jesus himself invited him into a new life and even brought uh, another disciple to him uh, to, to baptize him and to even begin walking with him through those very early stages uh, of him receiving sight after being blinded by the Lord. Mm-hmm. So he gave actually... A certain amount of detail there, that, you know, with the detail that was necessary in order to really make his experience make sense. But again, what back to what you you pointed out earlier. Again, he would give different details in different settings, or he would frame it a little bit differently in different settings because he's speaking in different audiences. Maybe he's got uh, more time or less time in different settings, or he's speaking to people in a different place in life. And so I think that's a principle that holds true regardless whenever we tell our story, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then what's the third part of the template? Yeah, the third part for, for Paul, he had in mind not just where have I been 
and not just what was my encounter with Jesus like, but then he began to share what his life since then has been. How has Jesus's encounter of him actually changed the trajectory of his life and really gotten him to the point where he is at that moment before whomever it was where he needed to give this testimony and and, and not really defending himself, but giving an explanation of what got him to where he is today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. And hopefully every Christian can identify that in their own life, you know, that we should be able to say, we had a, we've had an encounter with Jesus, and, and we've seen things the Holy Spirit has done, we've seen the fruit of that, the result of that. Now, we're not perfect, and you don't have to be perfect. We're not telling a story of that's absolutely like um, some kind of radical, huge transformation of every part of our life, because we're still in progress, right? So we don't have to pretend like my life is now perfect. Because a big part of the gospel, a big part of our experience with Jesus is dealing with the stuff that isn't perfect, right? And so, and how he's changed our attitude, how he's transforming us along the way. So, but the point is we all should be able to identify things in our lives that uh, we've got ample data to construct that story in an authentic, um, in a real, in a way that, you know, really points toward him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and following one of the times that Paul gave his testimony, the person retorted and said, what, do you want me to become a Christian too? <laughs> Paul said, no, I never want that. No, of course, the, right, that's a great point, because the, the whole intention of telling the story is that other people, by hearing what Christ has done in our life, are invited into relationship with him, right? And so... Um, I know you're going to give us some 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 ways to do this, but so when you share your story, is it always on the back of your mind that you're going to um, lean into some kind of an invitation or some kind of a, uh, seeking some kind of response? How how does that work? Yeah, I haven't always, and when I when I don't look for what's a reasonable invitation to make, then the conversation almost always seems to fall flat. It, it just it just ends. Kind of fizzles out, yeah. Yeah, maybe I've, I've yeah. shared my testimony or, or I've shared a story from the Bible, and if I don't make an invitation, the conversation ends with, okay, well, thank you. Well, that was nice. Now what? <laughs> no, that, that's, a great, that's a great practical question, uh, and you can address this, I'm sure, in a minute or right now, but the question then is, like, how do you keep that from happening? So how do you keep—I want to tell my story. We're talking about my experience that's going to speak to the LDS heart, but how do I do that in a way that it doesn't say, okay, I've made my, my pitch, my presentation, whatever, and there's that awkward silence. How do, you, how do we keep it uh, moving toward more conversation and more dialogue? once I've kind of like dumped my load, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because so many of the people I speak with are really rooted in the language of experience, which we talked about in the last podcast, uh, I I like to ask if a person has had an experience like that or if, if they have a story like what I've shared. And that really just invites other people to say, yes, I have a story like that. Or more commonly what I hear is, well, I have a story not quite like that. 
and and it gives me a chance to to inquire and ask more and really hear about their life, which in in the big picture of of my conversation with them or my relationship with them, it allows me to know more about what's at the core of their heart. What are some of the stories that are closest to them? And I I, I love to look for ways that I can turn those into prayers. And I, and I I often will seek to pray for the person I'm having a conversation with and use some of the things that they shared about their story, about their testimony, about their life as a way to bring it before God and pray for them. Right. No, I love that. And so so this, I'm sharing my story, my experience. It, it's working at a lot of different levels here. It's allowing me to point toward Jesus, but it's also allowing me to connect more deeply with another human being to honestly you know, be vulnerable with them and to hear back from them about their life. And so there's a, a deeper relational thing going on. So because I, I want to, because sometimes I know, Daniel, when people think about this, they think about it like a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. And so I want to I make sure we're steering away a little bit from like, okay, here's my pitch. Are you going to buy or not? And that, that seems like that introduces an awkwardness into a relationship. But if it's just authentic and genuine, I'm sharing my experience, and I'm willing to listen to their experience, then that actually um, has, a, has the possibility of deepening and strengthening a real valued relationship, right? So um, why don't you, you know, you're starting to, you started to tell us about, you know, what happens at the end of that. So let's, let's, let's follow up with that. We've talked about sort of the role of experience in, in Mormon thinking and how to talk to LDS people about experience. We've, we've showed how that's really a biblical thing and how there's this great biblical template in the Apostle Paul that instructs us how to do that. So I want to ask you, because I know that you've thought about this a lot, I want to ask you to boil it down for us. Give us a tool Give us, how do we apply the things we've been talking about in a way that somebody can say, oh, I could do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just share my testimony with you uh, very quickly. So one, one way that I share my testimony, not, not every time, but one way, is I'll say, there was a time in my life when I was lonely and I was ashamed of the things I had done. But then I was forgiven by Jesus and I chose to follow him. And now my life has new purpose and I have fullness of joy. Do you have a story like that? Now, that didn't take very long for you to tell that. Yeah, it's a tool. And it's it's loaded with meaning that could be unpacked as the opportunity arises, Mm -hmm. right? But it accomplishes all the things that we said we learned from the Apostle Paul, here's my life before, and you identified two particular aspects of your life before Christ, and here's my encounter with Jesus, and I noticed that you identified two particular aspects of that as well, and then you said, well, here's now in my life now, and you were able to boil that down into a very simple formulation. So so break that down. Now that we've heard how, how you have uh, expressed that experience, Break it down for us a little bit. Tell us what's going on there and and what things maybe I could keep in mind if I want to share something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would encourage our listeners to to take a moment and actually grab a pen and paper and, and work through this on your own. You can pause this podcast or just write down some notes and work through it afterwards. 
But I, I, I started my testimony by giving a brief introduction. And I said, there was a time in my life when... And, and that was just a, a simple introduction. I found it's really helpful for me if I'm in a conversation, maybe I start getting a little nervous about sharing my story. I'm a little anxious about the spiritual conversation. But if, if I start that memorized phrase, there was a time in my life, there was a time in my life, then suddenly, oh, I've committed. Well, I have to keep going now. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and it just comes a lot more naturally if, if I've got that first part memorized, no, no, no problems there. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great point, just how, just how our minds and our hearts work. That's just a great uh, tool to make it easier to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so then I identified two words or, or phrases that would describe my life before following Jesus. And uh, as a listener... You may not have a memory of a time that you weren't following Jesus. Maybe you were following Jesus from a very young age and you can't remember. And so for that case, I I would just encourage you to identify one time when you really had a strong encounter with Jesus and how that has changed the course of your life. So describe what your life was like before that or before even following Jesus. I chose the two. I was lonely. And I was ashamed of what I had done. And of course, I'm going to pick those phrases or words a little bit based on who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Of course, I want to tell the truth of my story. I'm not going to make something up, right. no. but I do want to speak to the heart of the person who I'm speaking to. So it helps if I know a little bit about who they are or where they're mm-hmm. coming from. Great point. Yeah, great point. So, all right, listener, you can you can pause it now if you want and think about how you would frame that in your life, you know, to think about there was a time in my life when I was, and you picked two things that characterize, um, you know, what was going on in your life before Christ, you know, made his, did his work. So, and, and so that's simple. Then the second part, it's pretty simple too, but it all, it seems like I might need to pick carefully in this second. Tell us a little bit more about how to do the second part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for this second part, I, I identified two words or phrases that help describe the way that I encountered Jesus. Uh, so I, I chose, I was forgiven and I followed Jesus. Now, you, you may say uh, something like, I, I discovered Jesus in the Bible. Or you could say that I surrendered to Jesus or you could say Jesus showed himself to me. Uh, th- there, there are some other, there are lots of other ways. And so I identify what was it like when you either first encountered Jesus or a, a most prominent time when you encountered him, and, and what was that like? Now, I, that's a great point. I, what comes to my mind as I consider this is there might be some phrases that aren't necessarily very helpful in this. So depending on, again, who you're talking to, but also, you know, we might tendency, we might have a tendency to just use kind of generic um, Christianese that says, before I was born again, or whatever, that, that may not mean anything to our hearer. So, so um, what are some, how should I think about what to say so that I can actually communicate and not just use like buzzwords or not, or not really be um, heard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful. I, I've heard people, as I've shared this framework with others, um, I, I've heard people identify words or phrases that are from the Bible, 
but need explaining. And, and they're not understandable unless you explain what those words or phrases mean. Or, or even worse, they're, they're words or phrases that the, the Latter-day Saint friend thinks that they understand, but it's actually a different understanding from how um, the Bible uses that word or phrase. Yeah, that's a great point. And so a way to avoid some of these challenges is, is just describe the same thing, but using words that either aren't in the Bible or words that are are more basic and understandable to a generic audience. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Because the whole point is to communicate, right? Not just to, yeah, not just to talk. So, okay, then, again, listener, you can pause this at any time and, and work on that. Think about what you would say. Again, it's something that you've really experienced. You're not just making up some generic thing, but... Um, but that's real, and that helps a person understand what Jesus can actually do in, a, in, in their life. So what's the third thing, then? Help us to break down that, that, that third part a little bit and, and how to approach that. Yeah, so the third part is identifying um, two words or phrases, and it doesn't have to be two. It's just, it's well, concise. That makes it concise, and it makes it easier to remember, right, mm -hmm. and easier to construct. But identify two words or phrases that would describe your life now, after following Jesus or after having an encounter with him. And the two words uh, or phrases that I selected were joy and purpose. I say that I, I now have fullness of joy and I have a new purpose for my life. Some other people have said, and now I, I'm free, or now I have hope, or now I, uh, I love people genuinely, or other things like that. There, there are many different ways. And so identify in your life, what are two things that the Lord has done in you or through you now after having this encounter with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Now, I noticed that um, you're the two in the, the after and the before, you didn't necessarily directly correlate. Mm -hmm. So before you said lonely, loneliness and shame, and then you have joy and purpose. Those don't necessarily map directly to each other. Is there a reason why? Was it, would that be important, or does it matter? For me, it's personal flavor. Um, yeah. I, I've heard some people share really powerful testimonies where they, they were addicted, and then after encountering Jesus, they were freed from addiction. Sure. And that's great to see the, the arc of, wow, I had this problem. Jesus encountered me, and look what he's done with it. He's a redeemer. He's beautiful in this way. Um, but it doesn't have to. Right. And so you can select two words that describe the life before Jesus and two words that describe life after following Jesus that, that aren't necessarily directly correlated. But it seems like the main thing is it has to be authentic and has to be meaningful and so that you're really sharing something that's true in your experience, right? That's what's the most important thing right now in your... And I suppose that's probably going to change at different phases of your life. And it might, and you, like we've talked about before, you might tweak it a little bit depending on who you're talking to as long as it's still authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the very last part is asking a question. We, we were alluding to this a little bit ago, but I really want to invite the person into a conversation. I don't just want to dump my testimony on someone and leave it there to simmer. 
because usually the conversation just falls flat. So I want to ask a question, and you could do this a number of different ways. One way that I like is to just ask, hey, do you have a story like that? That'll be the last part of my testimony. So to put it all together, again, my testimony is there was a time in my life when I was lonely and ashamed of what I had done. But then I was forgiven by Jesus and I chose to follow him. And now I have fullness of joy and a new purpose. Do you have a story from like that? Great. So then you're inviting... Because here, here's the thing. I think it's important to understand, too, that with Latter-day Saints, but I think it's true in our culture at large... Um, Coming to faith is a process, and nobody's going to just go, oh, thank you for sharing that 15-minute testimony. How do I give my life to Christ right now? You know, there's a lot of things that people need to unpack, and they need to understand. They need to hear more what you meant by that. And so inviting them into a conversation is really a positive next step that can lead toward further conversations and lead toward greater understanding, which eventually can lead toward... um, you know, grappling with, reckoning with the implications of a, of a, of a decision for Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope we can see this tool of uh, what I call the 15-second testimony more as a springboard into right. conversation than a landing pad, a, a thing to just end with. Now, it doesn't have to be so short. Uh, depending on who you're talking to, you may have opportunity to share more. Maybe they intentionally share that they want more. Um, Or you may just discern in this kind of a setting, I can give more than 15 seconds. And what's great about this this format is that it can be expanded. Well, I, I said that I used to be lonely and ashamed of what I had done. Maybe I could fill that out a little bit more, describe what that was like, describe the despair I was in, the hopelessness of my situation. And, and I can give a little more information if, if I feel like the person I'm sharing with is interested in hearing more, depending on my level of relationship to them. And just as a note, I noticed with the way Paul shared his testimony several different times, each time it was slightly nuanced. Never did he change his story, but depending on who he was speaking to, Two, the way that he shared his testimony changed just a little bit. Can we learn from that? Yeah, it's a, sure, it make, totally makes sense, right? That we would emphasize certain aspects of our story, right? So if I'm talking to an LDS person, I can emphasize certainly the part of it about growing up LDS, which I did, and what that was like for me. If I'm talking, you know, to a person who's not LDS, but but if it's relevant, I can, I can frame that a little bit differently and talk about growing up in a strict religious environment, you know, or I can, I can share with another, with another person, I might share more about um, how when I left Mormonism, I went on this spiritual search, and I tried different things, you know, and I, so I, I, I sampled different spiritual approaches. So, so there's different aspects of the story that emerge based on um, the person that I'm that I'm talking to, or different different aspects of of my, so I might talk about um, trying to live up to the expectations, or I might talk about the period of life where I'm going through a sense of futility and my life doesn't seem to be adding up to anything. Those are all real and true. I don't have to tell tell all of that. Nobody probably wants to hear the 90 minute version, mm-hmm. right? And so I do want to be selective in order to communicate. Well, and also in order just out of respect to the person I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are, what are some misconceptions people may have about sharing their testimony or sharing spiritual experiences? Well, there's a lot of things. Um, 
there is this we we've glorified people who have a like a really bad past mm-hmm. and then they've been radically changed from Jesus you know by Jesus which is wonderful but they're not a drug dealer anymore they don't you know they're not a pedophile any whatever it is and so sometimes we feel like oh I don't have this dramatic past that that Christ I grew up in church or you know I was a pretty decent person um by the world standards and so we think, man, if I don't have a dramatic story, then I don't really have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. That's a misconception, I think, one of them. What, what do you think of when you think of misconceptions? Uh, another misconception is that it really has to just focus on um, the, the mess of your life and how Jesus has brought you through that. And that, that's really the only thing. Uh, or, or even I've I've heard a lot of people share their testimonies, and they tell their life story, but never actually get to what Jesus has done. Yeah. They never get to actually communicate how Jesus has intersected their life. So the here to the here, it's not exactly clear what the role of Jesus is in you know. It's just maybe it's just a nice um, warm like life experience story. And I think our point is, in introducing this, is again that when we have conversations with Latter-day Saints, we're not just sharing comparative doctrine. Here's what you think about God, here's what we believe about God, here's what you... We're not just sharing... We're not just talking about problem issues in LDS history or with the Book of Mormon or whatever. We're, We're speaking the language of experience by sharing our experience. The key truths of Mormonism are not embedded, as you said at the beginning, they're not embedded in like a systematic statement of faith that covers, you know, 12 important doctrines. They're embedded in stories, key stories, their own story, but but the, they're larger meta-stories that define their faith. And so as we learn to tell our story, we also learn to tell God's story, but we want to do that in the framework of understanding their stories. Again, this is the CultureWise podcast, where God's good news meets the Latter-day Saints with wisdom and grace.